Welcome to the Crimson Circle Connection Center. We're here for the monthly shout. This is the Emergence Series. We're ready for Jeff Hoppe to start channeling Adama Saint-Germain. So thank you, whether you're listening at crimsoncircle.com or watching on crimsoncircle.com, we're here with you in the studio. So with that, so with that, I invite each of us, as Adamus always requests, that we take that good, deep breath. It's the breath of consciousness, that good, deep breath of presence, breathing in the I am here, breathing in I am that I am, I exist. Breathe into that and feel it for you. Be with that good deep breath. Be with that good deep breath. We're going to have some music play that's here to glide us into this channel. And I invite each of us, again, to really give yourself permission to feel to experience. Take the good deep breath. And as you listen to this music, can you imagine the human and the aspects calling out to the Master? Be with the good deep breath as we invite Adamas here for each of us. I am that I am, Adamus Saint-Germain. Let's take a good deep breath into our gathering. Welcome, everybody, whether you're here at the Crimson Circle studio, whether you're watching in online, let's just take a big deep breath and gather all of our energies. Ah, what exciting times you live in. Sometimes I, I wished I could be back with you in human form right now, be going through the experiences that you're going through, going through just such sensuality in every way, in every way. Uh, but then I think, no, 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 I, I'll stay right here. <laughs> no need to come back. And I truly feel that I can do a better job of serving all of you uh, from here than being with you in physical body. Uh, I, it's a couple of things. This is uh, Aspectology Month. It's the one time of year where Crimson Circle does the Aspectology. Uh, but it's much more than that, whether you've done it or not. It's your Aspectology Month, March 2019. Remember that. And it all ties in with the dragon. The dragon. The dragon we talked about in Pronost recently. We'll be talking about it more and more in our gatherings. But the dragon. Ah, the dragon. The dragon is here to help you find all the things that are still aspects, still in an aspect form. The dragon's here to help bring those aspects forth so they can be integrated deeply, deeply within you. Not just mental integration, but that deep, real integration. Now, you still might have some pissed off aspects. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> somebody. Just said, uh, call me the you know, master of the obvious. 
uh, some of you still may have some pissed off aspects, and they just don't want to let go. They're, they're having too much fun with the games. And I'll tell you one thing right now, just a little clue. When you're playing with the dragon and with your aspects, and as things kind of get rolling this month with, uh, with the aspects, aspects like to hide behind beliefs. Mm. That was good. Let's, uh, let me say that once again, and let's all join in together then. We'll do Kumbaya. Aspects like to gather or to hide behind beliefs. Mm. <laughs> Pretty profound. No, and, and it is really profound. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Now you get the dragon. Whether you've gone through threshold or not, you've got the dragon that's coming in and helping to find these aspects because they simply cannot go into realization. And we're at the point, you know, it's, it's 11.59. Do you know where your aspects are? Uh, and if you don't, the dragon is going to find them and put them right in front of you. Why? To do what? To, to integrate them. Yes, not, not to comfort them, not to try to coerce them, or not to beat the crap out of them like some of you would like to do, but actually to integrate them. So, this is Aspectology Month, and you will feel the aspect activity in, in all ways in your life. But what I need you to understand now, it's not a bad thing. It's a necessary thing. It's not a bad thing. It can actually be really fun as you now become very conscious of how you are integrating them back so that they are facets of you, no longer, no longer aspects that sometimes torment you. But now they're being integrated back. They know it's 11.59, and they don't necessarily want to uh, come back off the streets, come back home. So there's going to be resistance, and it'd be a beautiful month for you to observe how you handle it, how you bring them back, how you bring back that integration. Today we're going to talk about a couple of things that are going to help you with that in particular, two things. By the way, this is a, a shout of, uh, as, as it said at the, in the, your slides or whatever, that uh, life is all about layers. Living is in layers, colorful, sensual layers. It's about living that way. Today is about layers. We have uh, many, many different things going on. To the unconscious or to a, uh, a simpler mind. There's just, we're going to talk about a few things and then we'll play a mirab and then we'll end and you go back doing what you always do. Or you can feel, in, <laughs> or you can feel into the, the layers of what's going on. And we're going to have a shout in two parts. There's two distinctive parts and uh, to the, the simpler mind you might not even associate them or bring them together. How, why are we talking about two totally separate things? But there's much more going on. Mm. I come to you today as Adamus, and as Adamus, I'm going to um, entertain you. I'm going to get the oohs and the ahs, and probably blues and boos and ahs. <laughs> I, I come to you as Adamus, but I also am coming to you as Saint Germain. There are two levels going on here today. Hmm. Really, let yourself start feeling into that, uh, because life truly is in layers, and it should be. You're going to realize that living in a single layer, single uh, kind of a spectrum life it just is, is so bland and boring. 
all of this, everything we're doing in our shouds, in our workshops and gatherings, in Kihak in particular, everything we're doing now is preparing you for something that very, very few have ever done before, and that's to stay as embodied masters on the planet. We'd be talking about something wholly different if it was just about your realization. But the fact that you've chosen to stay in these bodies, to stay on the planet, uh, totally changes the curriculum, totally changes what we're doing. So we're talking now, we're preparing now for staying. Or however long you want to stay, we're staying on this planet. So today, uh, this month, Aspectology Month today, feel into all the different layers of what's going on. Some you might be aware of right away. Some it may take you weeks or, or going back in and viewing this again several times. But there are so many layers, and that's what I'm asking you to get used to in your life. All those beautiful, beautiful layers. So, part one. Part one. Let's talk about something very, very beautiful that Kathumi said as we had our large gathering in Slovenia. In Bla oh, before we do that, I I'm going to digress for a moment. So we're having this raging debate at the Ascended Masters Club. Now there's 9,751 Ascended Masters as of now. We're having this raging debate, and I'm in the position as Chairman, President, CEO <laughs> That wasn't a joke. <laughs> and head ascended master. I'm in the position of having to be the tiebreaker because we're equally divided right down the middle. I have to break the, the, the tie, the vote. And I told them I'm going to bring it to Chambra and they've got a month. We'll start the discussion now, but they've got a month. Here's the situation. One of the ascended masters came up to me recently and said, I'm observing Shambra and, and what they're doing, and I know now that they're going to make it. Hmm. You know, it's, it's not an if, it's a how. Hmm. Notice I didn't say when. I said it's not an if, it's a how. How are you going to do it? How are you going to get there? And I said, uh, this, this other Ascended Master said to me, uh, but the question is, uh, something that we didn't really have to face when, when we went into our realization. The question is, once you come to full realization, and, and that's when you realize you realized. Uh, that's when you're not questioning it anymore. You're like, oh yeah, I'm realized. You know, you're not saying, oh, when will it happen and how do I? Realization of the realization. Then what? Now, it, it, on the surface it doesn't sound like a very big question, but it's caused the biggest raging debate ever at the Ascended Masters Club about what next. So half of the Ascended Masters say that once you get to this realization, you're going to wake up one morning and saying, what am I, I going to do? Some of the Ascended Masters are saying, eh, maybe they're going to get bored and maybe they're going to actually create a little chaos in their life just so they can. Some of the Ascended Masters are saying, but if I were them, I would want some sort of uh, mission to do. And I said, mission? From, from who? I said, well, we could, we could start helping them with their mission. 
I, I don't know. Uh, the word mission is not going to go over real big. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, said, I, I know what you're saying. Uh, a contract. No, contract isn't quite right. Uh, uh, a project, uh, something to do, something to sink your teeth in, something to. And I said, well, isn't it really more of a passion? Ah, and everybody applauded mm-hmm. like, like they do up there. Thank you. Up there. And, we can and they too, said, can't we too? Yeah, yes. Okay, thank you. And I, and I said, yeah, it really is much more of a passion. Not that you have to do it, but a passion to do it. And you know how I come up with words once in a while. And I said, you know, I'm going to call it a mashin. Ah! <laughs> I, I didn't get that reaction up there. Up there, I got the ooh. ooh. Oh, ooh. Mission and passion, a passionate mission, not like you have to do it, not like it's suffering, but, but kind of a passion, but it gives you something to do. It gives you a reason to wake up in the morning and say, I'm going uh, to go to the airport, and I'm just going to stand there with a big stupid look on my face, and I'm going to shine my light to all the travelers. You know, why not? Or a, a, a passion and a mission. I'm going to write a book, just because I want to. I want to, I want to go into my own life. Uh, I want to explore it, I, and I want to share with others what my life was. Or a mashin, creating some beautiful music, uh, absolutely music that really takes you – I mean, really takes you to another realm. Or a mashin, uh, I'm just <laughs> a mashin. I'm, I'm going to open a, a coffee shop, and because I like coffee, and but also imagine all the people coming in, and I get to touch. I mean, not in the illegal way, of course, but <laughs> I, I get to connect with. I get to be in my radiance, and I'm making their coffee like they do here at the club at the Crimson Circle, and. and but what's really going in there is a lot of love, and then, and then serving them uh, handmade uh, treats to go along with it. What a great mashin! You know, something, something, to, something to do. So we have exactly – I mean, exactly, right down the line – half of the Ascended Masters are going, yes, that would be great, because they're arguing that they left because they didn't have that. There was no mission or passion. They came to realization and they realized, why do I want to stay? And they didn't. I mean, some of them stayed a few weeks, a few months. Kathumi stuck around a few years. Uh, some of them stayed for a while, but they just felt that, why? why? Why stay in here on this planet? I don't even relate to it anymore. They never made a commitment uh, to themselves that when they reached realization, they would stay. You have. You've been. You've been coming to this for years and years now, and you made a commitment to yourself. I'm going to stay. I'm going to see it through. First of all, I, I want to get there. Secondly, uh, I, I just want to be on this planet for a while at this time of machines to – and yeah, I know it's going to be hard and there's going to be days that uh, mass consciousness and humans and traffic and noise and everything else just, just drives me crazy, but this is my passion is to stay. But now what do I do? So the, the ones who are arguing for, for the mashin uh, are, are saying that, you know, but if they've got something that, that kind of gives them a creative expression, but also lets their radiance keep radiating, lets them be in their light and be on the planet at the same time, 
aren't they going to be happier? Aren't they going to be more inclined to stay in the body? Isn't their energy dynamic going to be so much more uh, in tune? I could argue for it. I could make a point and say that possibly we should start the mashing program. And, and what this would be, according to the ones who are uh, in favor, but what this would be is like working with you, not, not saying, here's your contract for this lifetime, not saying, here's your spiritual mission. You've had that. You've had that both from other humans giving it to you, saying, here's what you're going to do in this lifetime, particularly when you were in the religious orders. Or they, they told you what to do. But you've also had the spiritual contracts coming into this lifetime, or other lifetimes rather, to be the energy holders for the planet, uh, whatever it happened to be. You, you've had that. And you could argue that with the Ascended Masters helping you with your mashing, finding really what is at your core. They're not going to give you the answer, but they'll, they'll help you find what that inner passion is. Uh, that, that, that would be a great service. The other side of the aisle, we're kind of like Washington in a way, the other side of the I got one laugh. <laughs> that was my best joke of the day. I got one <laughs> laugh. The other side of the aisle says, but they've come to realization, let them be free. Let them just wake up in the morning not knowing. Let them experience whatever they want to experience. Let them be totally free, and, and if they suddenly feel they don't want to stay on the planet, so be it. We'll go to the funeral. If they, <laughs> all right, I I added that. They didn't say that. I, I'm trying to keep everybody here awake in case you're watching it online. No, the other the other side of the aisle is saying, absolutely not. Uh, let's let's not let's see what happens without helping them with a mashin – what a stupid word that, that other group is saying – let's see what happens. Isn't this all a great big huge experience? The human and the Master together finally realized on the planet what happens next. And, and it's only fair, they are saying, that we don't interfere in any way. We don't even come around to assist. We just sit up here, smoke cigars, drink good whiskey, and watch what happens, laugh once in a while, and, and then greet you when you come over. So I said, I've, I've got the deciding vote. Uh, actually, you've got the deciding vote. But I'm, I'm going to cast my vote uh, one way or the other, but I said not without the input from the very ones who are going to be doing this. So uh, and, uh, we don't really have to answer it now, but feel into it. Talk about it amongst yourselves. Share it on your social media, whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll go into a little bit more detail next month, but mashin or total freedom. And, and there's, there's, uh, I, and, and I've listened Ooh. to both sides very carefully. And this is actually more than a little uh, distraction. This is actually very um, real, hmm. very real, because you're going to get to the point where you're saying, "I'm here. I'm realized, and I realized I'm realized, and now I've, why stay?" other than just to see what it's like to stay. And you could also argue and say that with some help to find your real passion, that, that becomes kind of your project, uh, mission kind of, uh, that thing that just uh, really, really 
keeps you connected to the planet. Uh, so is it a mashin or total freedom? And I would like to hear just a few views, Linda, if you wow, would yeah. uh, be on the microphone. Sure. Yes. Wow. This would be real Shambra wisdom. Okay. More passion, for sure. Passion. You're, you're on the mashing side of the I'm place. on the mashing side. Yeah. <clears throat> so you wouldn't mind if uh, there was some help, guidance, whatever you call it, saying, here, here are some things you could do, Sart, uh, as, as a realized being. And, and again, not a, it's nothing that's going to be dictated to you, and you can obviously say not interested, but really some, uh, some, something to do while you're here. Oh yeah, something new. Yeah, something that new. I haven't seen or done. Okay. Which there's got to be something left. So you're on you're on the mash. But somebody, I'm on the uh, mash. Track this, Michelle. Would you just write a little mm -hmm. note and uh, so mashing? We got one. Uh, okay. Okay. Same. And we're not going to make a decision right now. And ultimately, the decision is yours. Can I say both? You can say anything you want. Yeah, because I'm thinking I want total freedom, and maybe once in a while a little boot. You know, a little like, bit. Okay. <laughs> no, no, sure, seriously. Sure. Um, well, that makes sense. Ultimately, I am the realized master, the one with the wisdom, so it's going to be mine. Right. Not yours, not theirs. Right. right. So, yes, I want passion. I completely agree with passion, and mm -hmm. yet the total freedom, it's mm -hmm. going to be my choice. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a. That's why it's a both. That's a very good answer, both, uh, because you could play around once in a while. It's like, okay, uh, help guide me to my passion. And, and the mm -hmm. theory is that even though you're a realized master, you still get bogged down in mass consciousness. You still get, you know, that kind of the slow energy from mass consciousness coming around. You kind of forget once in a while, mm -hmm. and then you sit and watch television all day, and you're like, why am I even staying on this planet? So maybe a little, a little guidance with the passion. Mm -hmm. Okay, so both. Nobody else can say both, because <laughs> now everybody's going to say both. <clears throat> Actually, I am going to say and. It doesn't have to be a binary choice. That, that's correct. You can do try either one. Right. And I also have to say I have a real problem with somebody else's big idea for me. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. all levels. Right. So that immediately makes me – I'm going to start out. Freely. Freely. Okay. You're going to start. So can we put you in the freedom column? Yes. Okay. And, and you could change any time you want. You can you could say, hey, uh, Ascended Masters, let's gather around and let's talk a little bit about, you know, what, what could I do um, for the planet? Uh, what can I do for myself? What, you know, how about let's come up with a little passion? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go with freedom also. Freedom. Okay. Right. Yes. And, and you don't want, you, you don't want a, that stimulation, that passion, what to do with, with all the days that you have ahead of you. Yes, I do want that, but I want to go within and get it from within. Okay. And, and if you can't find it within, for some reason it's just kind of foggy, would you want to call on some buddies to kind of help bring it through? Oh, always. That's always an option. Okay. Always. Okay. Good. Good. So we got a, a freedom column. Okay. A couple more. There you go, little brother. You knew that was going to happen. <laughs> you, you knew that. Okay, if you had 100% of either one, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Okay. Because if you're following your passion every single day, day after day, right. forever, it's, you need to Could be. 
Maybe as a realized so, master, so maybe not. I, I don't know. Yeah, I've had freedom and I've had yeah. passion, and I like them both. Yeah. So, what's your answer? I, I, both. Both. Okay. Sorry. Oh, um, this is going to be a big night at the Ascended Master Club. I already know how I'm going to report that. Yes. It's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. It's been a few years where I'm wondering what can I do. I love passion. I love to find something that I'm interested in mm -hmm. and take it to completion. And I also love a lot of time to myself. So I've always right. said to people, ideally, I would love to follow my passion, physically express it for six hours a day, four days a week, to have a balanced life. Okay. That's what I want. Interesting. Good. And I would still like to discover what it is that brings me the most passion in this moment. I don't right. know if it'll be the same thing in two years or three years. Right. But to be open to receiving messages and guidance about that. Good. Excellent. Uh, one more. <laughs> well, I kind of agree with her, but I, li I like uh, the passion. I like the passion. Right, the passion. So you're, you're on uh, the mashing part. Yeah, okay. but with times of freedom. Okay. And, and yeah, you could have both. I mean, yeah. you could have like revved up passion, and then ooh, later in the day, you kind of right. settle it down a that little bit. That sounds good. Yeah, but you still got the passion. I mean, because the, 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 the truth is that, yeah, you can have both, but then you're kind of on the passion side because you still are picking that passion and maybe some assistance. Maybe peace on earth? Peace on earth, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a really exciting one. <laughs> if you're in the greeting card business. Uh, good. Okay, thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so we got the conversation started here. We got a little energy going, and the, there's going to be some really interesting conversations about it. Uh, and, and the fact is, we are talking about it at the Ascended Masters Club. That, that is a very true story. And it's right down the middle. Half of them saying, you know, if I had a state on the planet, I'd really want that passion. And if I, if I wasn't finding it within myself, if it was kind of in the fog, I, I really wouldn't mind some help from Ascended Masters to kind of say, here's a few things to consider that you might do. Not that you have to, but here's some things that looking at your energy, we think are going to really set you on fire and make your life so much more full. And yes, obviously, you're going to want some downtime and quiet time and all the rest of that. But the fact is that it really wasn't uh, an Ascended Master that came to me and posed the question in the first place. What it really was is kind of the your master that came to me, uh, you know, because we kind of meet and talk about you. And uh, the, the masters of Chambra came and said, what do we do? As we stay in the body, as we learn all about energy, as we become true energy pioneers and explorers, but what do we do with that? Where do we go? A and there is a burnout on human passion uh, with Chambra, an old burnout that led to no passion whatsoever. And, and almost no mission, no project, no, no getting involved in much of anything for a long time. And not everybody, but a lot of Chambra. Kind of just staying without a lot of connection, and you needed that, whether it was in your relationships, in a job, in a project. just You kind of laid low for a while. Uh, you didn't let yourself get deeply involved in something because well, it would have been a distraction. Uh, the, the involvement, your passion, your human passion has been your realization. But the Chambra Master came to me 
kind of representing all Schomburg and saying, as we stay on the planet, what's the passion? What do we do? There's almost a, there's a, a fear and a seduction by the word passion, because you used to have your human passions, and then those got blown away uh, post-awakening. And there's still a longing to have the passion back, but you know it can't be the old thing. But there's still a longing for that inner excitement. And one could say, yes, it's just to live, it's to be, it's to experience. Well, you want something more substantial than that. What do we do with all this? What do we do with what we're learning, what we're experiencing? What do we do with energy now that we're starting to let energy serve us? What do we do with it? Do, do we open that coffee shop, or do we just go take long walks and ignore everyone else? Do we write some books that are based on the journey but aren't dreary, boring books? You know what I mean? I mean, add a little spice to them, embellish them, get a little theatrical. Don't, don't write it from the dreary human perspective. Write it from the amused master perspective. But that's a passion. And even though you say, I never wrote a book, it doesn't matter. You get into it, and now you're living in that book. It's, it's coming alive. It's, it's a creation, but you're living within it and out of it all at the same time. There's a passion, a reason to stay. So it's the Master who's asking right now, and we are talking about it also at the Ascended Masters Club, but the Master's saying, Sart, what? What are we going to do? I mean, you just want to hang together all day? You might want to, um, what do you want to do? Going to take a lot of baths or showers or how many times can you vacuum the carpet? I mean, <laughs> what are we doing? And, and, but the Master also says that with a, kind of a twinkle in, in his or her eye, because the Master knows that the human is all about experience. The Master already knows that the human is going to want to experience something probably more than just freedom. Cigars and whiskey and all, yeah, all the right. The human's going to want to experience something to do something because that's what the human does best. So it's something to really feel into because the Master is now asking each and every one of you, what next? What do we do? Do we, do we find a mission? You know, our, our passion, that's something to do. Or do we, or do we just. Hang, you know. Do we just like uh, hang out all day? Take long walks by ourselves. And here's another little part of it. Try to get out of the old human mind when you're considering this, because there's some things really awaiting you that uh, the human couldn't really even imagine right now, because of something called beliefs. The human can't even imagine it right now. So. What we're doing here is really kind of igniting a fire under the whole thing of what next, your passion, but not in old human terms. The Master is saying, what are we going to do, Edith, as we hang out on the planet together, as you're a realized being? Well, you want to bring back the passion, or do you just want to go sans anything, without anything, and let's just see what happens? Good question. And a question the other Ascended Masters haven't had to face. Theirs was realization, boom, and leave. You, realization, what next?
Let's take a good deep breath with that. It'll be interesting to see, hear some of the discussions and everything else that goes with it. Where are we right at right now? Uh, I was listening in on to a conversation between Alan and Caldry yesterday, and he knew I was listening. And they're talking about the various eras of Crimson Circle. There is the Tobias era, of course, and there's the early era with me. Um, and it was called uh, the offensive era. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, and that led into uh, no more macchio era, and that lasted for quite a while. Had to get rid of the macchio. Had to go beyond it because you simply aren't going to go into enlightenment with with a lot of macchio. Uh, and macchio to me is the spiritual immaturity. So we went through the, the uh, uh, get rid of the Machio era. And now we're coming to the point in the work that, that we're doing together, coming to the point of true allowing, coming to the point obviously of, of realization, but coming to the point of allowing, coming to the point of uh, the, some of the final integrations uh, with, with the aspects that are hanging around there. And one of the things that uh, that really needs to be taken a look at is beliefs. Beliefs. Now, remember Kathumi back in Slovenia at uh, your large gathering. So Kathumi had a great story with his, uh, what he called his um, soul, Akira. And in that story, he came to the conclusion, or I believe it was Akira that guided him to the conclusion that says, it's not what you believe. It's what you allow. It's not what you believe. Now, we've come to the point, we, we couldn't have talked about this five years ago, because beliefs were still, you could say, kind of, maybe kind of still important, but now we come to this point where even beliefs go. Even beliefs go. Beliefs are aspects. Uh, beliefs are kind of human-derived, human-based aspects. There are aspects uh, of the mind, they're, they're the belief systems, and the problem with beliefs is that people believe them. <laughs> you know, for, for a child, for a child, uh, beliefs are like uh, toys in, in a playground, you know, the swing sets and the teeter-totters and the merry-go-rounds and everything else. And the beliefs are wonderful. It gives a child something to play on and experience. What's it like to go to the playground and, and be in the, to in the sandbox with the other kids. Beliefs are like a swing set. Let's get on that and, and swing and see what that's like and go through the experience. So for a child, the beliefs are, are fun and games, but then as the child matures and begins to believe the belief that the swing is a certain way and it will always be that way, then suddenly the beliefs I kind of see it as like a monolith, like a large gray monolithic structure that the human can actually get stuck in. But if the human doesn't get stuck, at least it's, a, it's an obstacle in the way. And it's not just one belief and one, one monolith, because that'd be real easy to walk around and, and keep going. But beliefs are these large monoliths that, that almost uh, 
seduce you into them. And once in, it's very difficult to get out. And then there's not just one belief, but there's many monoliths, all rising up from the ground, kind of like 2001 Space Odyssey, all rising up from the ground. And now your entire reality landscape is these monoliths, these beliefs that you don't even know where they came from. They're just there. And you don't question where they came from. They're there, and they obstruct the view. Because now you have all these monoliths, these, these gray old beliefs just standing there, and they obstruct the, the view of what can be and of all your potentials. And the beliefs are, are, are many, and then you start to believe them. What's happening right now, where we are, is the dragon is going in and saying, here's this belief. You, you didn't even know you had it, maybe. But it's there, and it's this great big obstruction. Are you ready to tear it down, or integrate it, or dissolve it away? Are you ready to let go of that belief? You see, I said before that aspects hide behind beliefs. So every monolith, you've got an aspect behind it. And that aspect doesn't necessarily want to let go of that belief, because the aspect doesn't want to leave. And because the aspect feels that you're going, you need the belief to create a structure of yourself, your identity, and who you are, and your guidance in life. So you have all of these monoliths, all these beliefs, which are really actually aspects, and some of them planted there a long, long time ago. Beliefs that uh, things like uh, all men are pigs. Uh, all right, somebody just said, but that's true. <laughs> a, a belief that, that all men are pigs. So what happens? So what happens is for the human, that is a great experience to dive into. You go into that monolith, that belief, that aspect, and it's a great experience up to a point. And you act it out, then you experience it. Yeah, the men become pigs, and if you so believe, then it will so happen, because that's where you're going to be generally attracted to, and then it happens. You have to work hard to get ahead in life. It's a very deep-seated belief in, in the cultures where Mo Shamber come from. Uh, hard work equals success. And, and for a while it's fun. The human jumps into it and says, oh, I'm going to work hard. Even though you complain about it, you still love it. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it, period. That applies to anything in your life. If you're doing it, it's because you love it, even though you complain about it. So you jump into that belief. You have to work hard and you have to work long hours to be successful. You may not choose to do it. You may say, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to work hard, long hours. It's still a belief, so then on the other side you say, well, then I'm probably not going to have much money and I'm probably not going to be successful, but maybe I don't care. But it's still a belief that is obstructing your view. And your view, of course, is allowing. Your, your view, your, your way through is allowing. It's hard to allow, though, when you have all these monoliths, all these like big gray stone-cold structures in the way. It's very, very hard to allow. You say allow, you think allow, you, you, you want to put allow as another 
belief in that reality landscape. And it's not a belief. It's not an aspect. It's a way of being. That simple. There's no belief in allowing whatsoever. There's no structure to allowing. It is free-flowing. It is all that I am, not all that I limit myself to. So what are some of the other human beliefs? Uh, Linda, with the microphone, please. What are some of the other beliefs that are out there, or perhaps that you might have? A belief. Um, one belief is that we need something external to heal us. Sure. It all, help comes from the outside. You're, you're kind of a despicable human, and you can't do it on your own. So yeah, you've got to get it from the outside. Good. Good. A couple more. What are some of the, what are some of the beliefs? Uh, I would say like um, limits, like you can only do certain things. Um, sure, but give me a concrete example of a um, belief. You, you deal can with only them all, travel you deal so with much. <laughs> Pardon? You can only travel a certain extent. You can only travel a certain extent. Okay. But sure. I'd like to travel a lot more. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, you're limited because of what? Money, energy, uh, time. I guess just other people's opinions or culture, what I've been told and what I've been kind of programmed. Okay. And so this is a really a gray belief out there. And remember. I say beliefs are our aspects. Good. A couple more beliefs. What are some of the common human beliefs? Yeah, make it easy for me. Thanks. <laughs> All men are pigs. <laughs> no, that's what I said. <laughs> Go ahead. I was reflecting a lot on this with just my journey for the past few, three years, because what really helped me was the power of and, mm -hmm. because uh, when you have something major happening in your life, you instantly, I think, were conditioned um, to be like, oh my God, it's only going to get worse now. Something's, we're going to have money issues. Um, for those that you know me, I'm talking about like my Sam's, uh, my partner's health. Mm -hmm. When it went, just took a big dive, I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot get into that energy mm -hmm. of things are going to get better. And now I find that because of that grounding, that it's like the power of and has helped me be like, no, our life is actually getting better and more real than we ever had before. Yeah. Why is that? So, well, what's within the and that, that does that? The fact that... You, you stop yourself, like I would stop myself, I'd be like, okay, I just had a thought that was attached to a belief that I'm maybe unconsciously had mm -hmm. of that, oh, this is going to get worse because everybody assumes it's going to get worse. Mm -hmm. And then you put the and in there, and then mm -hmm. you're like, well, why does it have to get worse? Why yeah. can't it get better? Yeah. Why Suddenly, can't we have more freedom or more flexibility and more learning, everything, yeah. like everything, and the, and, the, and, the and The and illuminates potentials that are always yeah. there. Yeah, but but when you're in, in that linear human mode or high belief mode or whatever you want to call it, yeah. uh, they're not they're not illuminated. You don't even know they're there. There's one thing we're going downhill quick, yeah, uh, and uh, hold on because it's going to be a rough ride. That's when you stop. That's when you you are truly the Merlin. Say, hang on a second here. There, I'm going to go into the and. There are many more potentials, and you don't have to be mentally aware of them. You you do not. You, you don't, because it's going to come to you in, intuitively, not mentally. Say, I know there are so many more potentials for this situation, and on top of that, i got the Master in here. 
automatically wisdomizing as we're going on this slide downhill, which may not be downhill at all. You're going to the end and just allowing that changes everything. Even if you don't suddenly have uh, ten solutions to the problem, uh, it's suddenly it's illuminated. Good. Excellent. A couple more. A couple more human beliefs. <laughs> okay, another belief. Um, I have a young daughter. One belief I've heard is we can't say a lot of kind things to our kids because then they'll get spoiled. So we have to kind of toughen them up. Hmm. The That's a strange belief. It is a strange belief. Yeah, yeah. So do you say kind things to your children? I do. A lot? Yeah. I do. Are they spoiled? No. Oh, see. Yeah. I dropped yeah. that belief really but I've quick. Heard that that from was other boom integrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. yeah but it, weird. Yeah, weird. You, you're going to start realizing this month, Aspectology Month, that you've got so many beliefs that how did they get there, and what are they what, the, what are they doing there? And uh, quite frankly, there's not a lot of room for beliefs in uh, in realization. Mm. They're unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, exactly. So uh, next question as we're on the belief thing, not. Considering Chambra, but the the planet in general, kids, adults, old people, uh, is it better for them to have beliefs or not have beliefs? Now, I'm not talking about Chambra, so stop for a moment and feel that. Uh, or, or before you came through your awakening, when you were just a normal, nice, regular, <laughs> everyday person, were 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 you better off with beliefs or without beliefs? Good question, and the answer comes from. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't like when you call her God. <laughs> really? <laughs> what did she say? Nothing. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Uh, is are people better off? Regular people? What do you call them, muggles? Are they better off with, with or without beliefs? Probably depends on the belief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in general, I think probably in general, probably yes. I think a lot of beliefs. Um, I think beliefs generally give people a frame of reference and a place to operate from, and something to grasp onto and sure. hold as okay. real. And you know, with I think most people can't handle a lot of the muggles couldn't handle the idea of the, or the possibilities of everything. Mm -hmm. Good. Couple more. Are beliefs a good thing for regular, normal, average people, or, or not? Yes. Yes, they are. They are. They are. Yes. Oh, um, and why? I was, what comes to mind is sort of beliefs and laws. Are, I'm kind of equating those. That, that uh, book, I, I think it's Brave New World. Where there was just there were no uh, there was no structure there was no anything right, right. and as far as I remember I was in high school but they had sticks heads on sticks and marching around kill the pig kill, I, I don't know it was just very I read some interesting stuff huh <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it explains a lot though anyway <laughs> <laughs> kill the pig kill the but uh, yeah I think for the normal muggle. Well, you have beliefs, but then everybody has different beliefs. And then no, I, I'm talking beliefs in general. Yes. 
beliefs in it's, general it's are good okay. for the structure and the order. Sure, and some people will. can overdose on beliefs, and some people don't have enough. But in general, our beliefs or are they good things for, each for other. the humans. Yeah. Yes, I do believe. Oh, okay. That it you is believe good. that? <laughs> you believe that? <laughs> My okay. belief is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two more. <laughs> beliefs good, good for humans. So beliefs give people a reason for living. Yeah. Um, or guidance, or guidance for living. Both. Particularly in in the religious sector and uh, more denominational and right. divisional it can be in religion. Uh -huh. I mean, beliefs are everything. Could That's you imagine what you religion without beliefs? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crimson circle. Okay. <laughs> well, you're not a religion, so it doesn't count. Eh. Yeah. Uh, so, are you a, a pro <laughs> pro believer or am I believer? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not <Or> anymore. <laughs> pro pro choice. Uh, should humans have beliefs or not? For those that have not gone on the path of enlightenment or realization, or choose to move in the directions that a lot of us have gone through. Mm -hmm. I feel that it's really it's necessary to have some guideposts for the rest, you know. And and by I have a hard time communicating this because I don't want to sound on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. um, You're not. No. <laughs> um, for humans that are having a quote-unquote normal existence, I, I feel that beliefs are, are actually necessary to be guideposts and a okay. framework of living Okay. because there's nothing else there. Right. They're not living in the allowing or the and, right. and and may not have any idea that any of this exists. Sure. Uh, for instance, in the Hindu religion, uh, it actually wasn't a religion uh, initially. It was there were uh, guidances uh, for the community, how, how, to, how to live, how to brush your damn teeth, uh, go to the toilet, and all the rest of this stuff. But then they started developing gods, and the you know, dozen or so gods turned into over 100,000 gods, and a lot of beliefs with each god, and uh, it turned into a religion rather than just some good community values. Yeah, it turned into beliefs. Well, the other thing is giving the power away. Right, if right. you put it outside of you and put it into these beliefs and right. into deities and symbolism, objects that, that take on meaning, then you don't take ownership for who you are in your life and in your way of being. So, so that you're like, inf let's inflict beliefs on humans. Let's just keep it. Let's not try to change. It's serving them. It is serving them until it's not. Don't sound like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's snowing out. Is that a belief or is that like what is that? That's a perception of reality. Uh, it's an observation. Yeah. If you believe that snow and cold do not suit you well and that you should be, oh, let's say in Hawaii, that's a little different. <laughs> but but to observe that it's snowing outside isn't a belief. But when you wrap particularly a, a thank you, when you wrap emotional things around it, uh, then it becomes a belief. Then it becomes a monolith. And again, remember uh, what I said was, to the child, uh, beliefs are like a playground. You go into them, you have fun, you learn, you experience, you fall down, you get hit by somebody, that, you, know, you fall off the swing or whatever, but you're having a blast. But later on, those beliefs turn into 
big, gray, cold monoliths, and you get stuck on them. And if you don't get stuck on them, they're just obstructing the path. They're in your way. They're in the, the way of the flow. So uh, good question, uh, good answers, thank you. Uh, are, are beliefs necessary for humans? It gives the humans parameters, but then when the human starts believing the beliefs, then it turns into an aspect. Then that aspect, uh, which is hiding behind the belief, is uh, constantly holding the human in place and, and limiting them. Some beliefs are actually fun and can actually give you an amazing experience. So I want you to remember this. Again, when you're talking about that whole question of having Mashan or total freedom. In Mashan, uh, that's when you're living with great passion, but kind of a mission type of thing, uh, you will have beliefs, and beliefs are fine up to a point uh, if the beliefs are of your choosing, not someone else's, if the beliefs are facets and not aspects. And once you start realizing, also that beliefs uh, that uh, let me, I'll back up a little bit. Beliefs are uh, they are a sense. They are a sense. You know, we talk about these two hundred thousand senses. Well, beliefs are more human based than uh, most of the other senses, but beliefs have become a sense. It is a way of perceiving reality. Uh, if you believe that snow and cold are harmful or uncomfortable. <laughs> That's how you're going to perceive reality. Now, when you perceive reality that way because of beliefs, what happens next is energy comes in and says, okay. Energy doesn't care one way or the other. Energy says, that is your belief. That is what you are choosing. That's your perspective. We're going to give it to you, and, and we're going to give you cold, dreary, snowy, miserable, uncomfortable uh, experience. And the human cries, uh, but, but yet, in a way, the human is loving it because it's an experience. It is just something to experience and something to do. It's something to dive into. Now, once you realize you're not stuck in it, you can hop on an airplane and go to Hawaii, Linda. Uh, then. Suddenly you're like, oh, well, then the belief can be kind of fun. I'm not trapped in it, and it's not dictating my life, and uh, maybe I don't even want to have that belief anymore, and therefore the energies aren't trying to support that belief. Uh, suddenly the beliefs are they're actually uh, in freedom, and, and you can experience. Now, trying to thread this all back together, the initial question about your mashin or total freedom. Uh, and again, it comes down to this whole thing uh, is uh, you are probably going to dive into some things. You are probably going to dive into some things in your realization. You're not just going to sit under a tree <laughs> and, uh, like Buddha and meditate all day long. Probably not. Even Buddha, the Buddha didn't like that so much. So you're probably not going to do that. You're probably going to be diving into experiences. You're human now flanked by the Master. And the experiences won't necessarily uh, entrap you. Uh, they're not going to hold you down. Suddenly there's a joy of the experience. 
rather than the fear of it, rather than fearing that you're, you're not going to get out of it. But suddenly there's kind of a joy of that experience. That's probably what's going to happen because the Master doesn't care. The Master can just uh, sit there on his or her hands doing nothing and just observing all this, but the human is probably going to want to go into their new passion and new experience. And my point here, it's not about what you believe. Uh, I mean, you can have beliefs, but ultimately it's about what you allow. So what is allowing? What is allowing? I mean, it sounds so simple, I allow. But yet, I know a lot of Shambra that are turning it into a belief, an aspect. I need to allow. I believe in allowing. It's not a belief at all. Allowing is just that. Allowing is saying, I'm going to quiet myself for just a moment and open to the potentials, those that it's the and, those that I may not see right now because you are going to be coming aware of so many more potentials. And with allowing, getting some of these monolith old beliefs out of the way, with the help of the dragon, the allowing is just that. It's opening yourself up to what's there but currently not in awareness. The allowing is saying, I'm going to get out of my way. So the I am, the master, the true expression of a human, a human not burdened with the aspects of old beliefs, can start to be aware of, to realize things and start play with energy. Allowing is the human who, I see it this way sometimes, the human who's hit the wall, doesn't know what to do next, has exhausted themselves mentally trying to figure out every human solution, but they're looking in such a little belief-orientated way, little tight way, but they're lost, they're trapped, they're, they're at the end of the woods, they've hit the wall, and then they take a deep breath and say, ah, I just allow. That opens the pathways that FM right now is helping all of you to open of communication between the Master, the human, the I Am. It's opening the pathways to intuition and to the very wisdom that's sitting there right now. It's not about what you believe. It doesn't make a bit of difference. And I would say it's a good month to say that you can let all the beliefs go. It's scary as hell because humans like beliefs. It's scary as hell to say, I'm going to give up all my beliefs because that's your compass, that's your guiding system right now. That, that keeps you, you think it keeps you intact, but it's actually kind of keeping you down. What a great month to let the dragon go into all of those beliefs, because there's a lot of old ones that just – and they can, they can just disappear once you recognize, eh, I don't like that. I'm not choosing that. I'm going to be going into human, masterly, realized experiences in my life at some point. I don't need all that old crap around. Allowing is without predetermination. You're not saying, here's how it has to turn out. Allowing is saying, I have no idea as the human how the story ends, but I'm willing to be the one who experiences it. I allow a greater consciousness and wisdom of the story. I allow all of the potentials. I allow myself to release the, the, the old concept that you have to work hard uh, to get anywhere, or, or that uh, enlightenment only comes towards the end of your human life, or, or that you have to be spiritually studied to have enlightenment. I, I 
release all of those aspects. I, I bring them now into wise facets in my life, and I allow. Allowing is not a, is not, should not be a belief. It's not a belief. Allowing is just that, opening up to yourself, not the rest of the world, not allowing people to uh, walk all over you or steal from you or anything like that. It's between you, yourself, the Master, and the I Am. I allow all that I am. That's it. Then those monoliths suddenly change and are no longer these great big cold stone things that you tend to get stuck in, but suddenly that's actually back to the energy that's all in service to you. Uh, pure energy, or it could be the energy of money, it could be the energy of other people, whatever, it doesn't really matter, but suddenly they're transmuted out of belief status now into uh, the, the allowing, into facets that are actually beautiful parts of you. So let's take a deep breath with that, part one. It's not about what you believe. Uh, I, not, I don't think I've heard such a fine statement in a long time made by Kuthumi. It's not about what you believe. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with that. Your beliefs are a sham, in a way. Uh, they're, they're fun when you're kids or when you're spiritually immature, uh, but as you mature you suddenly realize those beliefs are really holding me back. It's not about what you believe. It's not about whether you believe you're going to have a good life and believe you're going to be enlightened or anything like that or believe there are things keeping you from it. It's about what you allow. Let's take a deep breath with that and take this moment to allow. Allowing – there's no forcing of anything. You're not repeating a mantra. It's not an affirmation. It's simply, I open to all that I am. And I, as the human, don't have to take all the responsibility and take all the burden and all the fear anymore. I allow all that I am. So this month, a great time for aspect activities. Some of you are already getting it in your dreams. <laughs> and uh, belief activities. Remember, aspects hide behind beliefs. Part two. Let's take a deep breath. Part two. Part two. A little bit different. But somehow they tie together. Uh, we're going to need uh, a writing utensil, whatever you use these days here. If you have a, your electronic thing that never works or otherwise, <laughs> we will end up bringing up the whiteboard. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. <laughs> I just I, – yeah, yeah, yeah. No, FM has promised not to interfere anymore. <laughs> yes. That he's not going to interfere? That's an observation. <laughs> and by observing it and then believing it, it becomes true, because the energies are supporting that. So uh, should we change our beliefs? Okay. Technology works. Yeah, but nobody really believes that. You all have, you all have doubts about it. It's like, yeah, but then my computer crashed, or yeah, but then I got what do you call it, a virus, or then I got uh, what's that other thing when somebody takes everything, your identity from you, oh, or your master. <laughs> uh, so one laugh, one laugh. That was my second best joke today. So Linda, there are going to be 
five boxes. By the way, I have to preface by saying uh, we had a rehearsal on this. Uh, we needed a rehearsal on this. Uh, you weren't there. Uh, we rehearsed this at a recent threshold, and we went through this because uh, I wanted to, the energies to be so tuned that when we did it here, you know, sometimes it's kind of, uh, Carl just saying wonky. Uh, it's kind of weird. So we rehearsed this at a recent threshold. I did tell them I was going to be bringing it to all Chambra. They tried to pay me not to, but I can't be bribed that easily. So, Linda, we're going to have five items going down. You remember doing this before. Uh, the top of the list, uh, up in the top box, of top one of five boxes. Uh, just write in the word angel. Angel. So, if you remember, and you kind of do, you started out a long time ago, long, long, long time ago, as an angel. It's kind of a fluffy word for a non-physical being. You had no form. You didn't have light. You, you were out on a journey, a uh, discovery. Who am I? Uh, an experience that later turned into a human experience, but you, you were out there just, just to discover, just to play. There, was no, there were no rules. There was no beliefs. There was none of that. You were a pure, radiant being without form. You had something, though, that you don't have now. You had a name. You had a name. Now, not like Bob. <laughs> or Jane, or anything like that. But there was a resonance, uh, you could say an energy name that you had. From the very moment you ventured out, uh, you called yourself by this for a couple of reasons. So you would never get lost. You would find your way home through your name. Now. Uh, humans get linear. The name changes. The resonance, the frequency, the vibration, the, the sound of the name changes, but it's still the name. So don't go out and start coming up with all these uh, New Age names and saying, that's my name. It, 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 it changes. It really can't be spoken, uh, but it is, uh, you would, some would call it a soul imprint. It's there and it's you. You started out with nothing but a name, yourself. That name also gave you kind of identity with other soul beings along the way who were also without form, who were also really without any history. And it gave me a way of knowing and identifying with you. So you had a name as an angelic being. Somewhere along the way, with all the dynamics of creation, the beautiful dynamics, uh, energy came to kind of a standstill. Uh, you can read or watch more about this in Tobias's Journey of the Angels, uh, and, and it's kind of a metaphor but kind of true. There was, uh, I guess I would put it a little different, there was a big issue about consciousness and energy. You were a named being but without form, without uh, any uh, real adeptness at energy. You were, you were children of consciousness, but not really attuned to now this thing that comes forth from the I Am. It's called energy. It comes from consciousness. 
how do I, what do I do with this? Tobias tells the story that all energy in creation came to kind of a standstill. I say it a little different. I say that it was more of a question uh, the, what to do with it. Not that it necessarily, it wasn't like this big bad thing happened and everything turned to molasses. It was like, I don't even know what to do with the molasses. What do I do? How, what is my relationship to energy? So this great place of Earth was created through the order of the ark. Next one is Earth. Through the order of the ark. It is, I would say, the greatest um, experience slash experiment in all of creation because it is so limited. It has so much gravity. It is so sensual, but yet it's so difficult and challenging. It's, it's a belief that you can get lost in. Earth itself is just a belief. I'm not talking about the physical planet. I am talking about the experience here. It's just a belief. And that's why I say it's not about what you believe, it's about what you allow. And some would say, by the way, is, um, is the um, uh, Earth is flat. That was a belief. Uh, and then now, now we know the truth. Earth is round. Oh no, my dear friends. That is a belief. No, it is actually not round. It is perceived as <laughs> it is perceived as being round, and then science will validate that and do all their measurements and say it's round, and then then it becomes round. Uh, and oddly enough, people from Australia don't fall off. Amazing, uh, but actually, it's really not round. That's just a belief. But but yet, science says no, no, it's round. It has to be round. We measured it. It's actually. Uh, more, more of a close uh, analogy is Earth is like a string. Uh, if you want to say anything, it's like a, st a string. You know, it's really not a round ball, but go ahead and, and assume or believe that it is, and so it will be. But one of these days, it's, you're going to realize it's a string. It's very flexible. I'm talking about physical planet Earth. It's very flexible. And sometimes it just dangles, and sometimes it flows. Sometimes it wraps in knots. Sometimes it will create the illusion of being round, and other times flat. Earth is really like a string. So, yes, now you're all going to be worrying about that tonight. You came to <laughs> you came, to, and that's where they got string theory from. But, uh, uh, so you came to Earth. You came to Earth, and what an experience! Uh, you came to Earth and then you really forgot because that was kind of – I don't want to say it, it was a, the, a trick and it wasn't just a challenge, but it was kind of what was going to happen. There was a knowingness you were going to come here and uh, kind of forget, uh, and forget your damn name. That, that was the hardest part. So uh, forgetfulness or just, just the word forget so we don't run out of space on the string. So you came here and you forgot. You forgot who you were. You forgot your name. And name, I mean your resonance, your – there's not a human word for it. It's your light, your vibration, your who you are. You, you forgot. And, and in that forgetting, you started wandering around and you started creating beliefs. Because here you were, I forgot who I am, what I'm here for. And suddenly you're in, a, in a, this physical body and and it's like, well, then you start wandering. You've got to find the answer somewhere. 
And then you wander from lifetime to lifetime to lifetime, trying to remember, but forgetting what you're trying to remember. And in doing so, then you start creating beliefs out there. I got to believe this because otherwise I have nothing. I got to believe that people are good, people are bad, the earth is round, horses can run you horses. <laughs> shows you how long I've been away. Cars can. <laughs> Cars can run you over. <laughs> Cars can run you over. Uh, you know, don't stick your finger into um, light socket. Yeah, I was going to say another person's ear, but light socket is good too. Uh, you develop all these beliefs in your wandering to help you get your name back, but it doesn't. Now you've got all the all these beliefs scattered over your reality landfield, obstructing the natural flow of allowing. Now you got all these aspects. And now the interesting thing about beliefs is it turned into a sense. It wasn't. Humans actually made that sense. You, you turned uh, a belief into a way of perceiving reality, and then you believed it. So you forgot. And then the next thing that happened on our chart here, next one, dear Linda, is I call it the fall from grace. When you forgot about who you were, why you were here, what you were doing, all a part of a way of experiencing, you fell from grace. And to me, well, you know, when I give the definition of grace, does anybody recall what I, what I say? Grace is, grace is your next door neighbor. No, that doesn't count. Uh, allowing energy to serve you. Yes, the same thing, ability to receive, allowing energy. You forgot. The whole reason for coming here in the first place. Let's figure out this energy thing. What's the relationship between consciousness and energy? What, what is it that you can do with energy? Energy is the greatest gift that the I am ever imagined, and, and, but then you forgot. You fell from grace. Not the grace from God, not grace from me or anybody else, from energy serving you. You became a slave to it. I got to work hard. So you develop that belief. I got to work hard because uh, the energy's out there. I got to somehow get it. So you fell from grace, no longer allowing a very natural process of energy serving you. It's a very natural process. It, you don't have to have a high IQ or anything like that. Anybody can do it, allowing energy. But when you have beliefs that say, well, that's not so and that you have to work hard for it, or energy is elusive, or I've tried it before and I've always fallen down. Well, yeah, you tried it with a lot of beliefs and a lot of aspects at work and forgetting who you were. Try it now without all that, without the garbage. Try letting energy serve you. Don't go to the past and relate to what happened before, because that was the past. Uh, and it, even that is changeable. But you fell from It didn't ring. It was just a notification. Oh, talk about falling from grace with Adamas. <laughs> so you fell from grace and, uh, and stopped letting energy serve you. And it, then, then something at a very core level started to happen. You, you may not have articulated this or, or thought it, but I came here to learn about energy and consciousness, to play in the great playground of life. and even create some beliefs to play around in, and I got stuck in those, and energy's not serving me. Oh, I know what the problem is, is I'm making all this up. I'm making it all up to, because I'm just trying to 
uh, you know, get through human life, which can be pretty boring, and I gotta like create these, you know, new age philosophical things. Just shut up. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens. I, I see it happen, and I feel it happen. So you start getting in this quandary, uh, quagmire in the mind, and and you, you no. The fact is, you just fell from grace. You stop letting energy serve you. You can change that in a moment, like like that and come back to your name, come back to why you came here in the first place, the great discovery of energy and how it serves you and how it can, how it can be the playground. But then – those are minor points compared to this next one – then the most disturbing and troubling thing happened, most disturbing at all. You lost your dignity. You lost your damn dignity, loss of dignity in this whole thing. And that is one of the saddest things of all to lose. Dignity is, you could say it's self-respect, self-awareness, self-love, and you lost the dignity along the way. Uh, we're going to change that. We're going to bring dignity back. but. And then you fell into human beliefs that, that actually multiplied or exaggerated it, uh, the things that are undignified. Now, I, I have to admit, I asked Calder to get a little dressed up today to have some dignity, to represent bringing dignity back in your life. doesn't mean you need to get dressed up, but it doesn't hurt once in a while to have some dignity about yourself. The, the human uh, ego was in tatters, no dignity, and, and you're trying to hold it together. I saw how hard you tried to hold it together, glue it together, staple it, uh, whatever it took to try to hold it together, and it was just wasn't going to work. Being human is relatively undignified, in my opinion. It could be dignified, but it's not. There's a lot of things that just take away the dignity of a person. Uh, and they're from the obvious, the practical things. Sitting on an airplane, in, in economy in particular, <laughs> and I'm, I'm really serious. And you know, sitting on an airplane, the abuse that you take, uh, the lack of dignity in human life, and why you put up with it, I don't know. Why you justify sitting in economy, I don't know. Yes, we are going to the place where you won't need to fly uh, on an airplane, or if you do, you're going to be sitting in first class or your own airplane. But how undignified to be sitting crammed into a little space that you pay a lot of money for, to be treated badly while you're in that little space, that's undignified. Uh, and I've told Shamba for a long time, if you're going to fly, or no matter what you do, do it right. Do it right. And I get a lot of uh, pushback from some chambre on that. It's like, oh, you don't understand. No, I, I fully understand. You want to sit in the back. You're enjoying the experience. You like being an undignified being on this planet. You want to continue in that belief system and that old game. Go ahead. Go ahead. And, and on top of that, watch how all your energy comes together and you're going to delay the damn flight for everybody. You're going to sit on the tarmac or you have equipment problems because of your belief and your lack of dignity for yourself. Dignity is like a light. It's like a light. And, and now, 
I'm talking about your dignity, but just being a human is undignified. You have this human body. It does undignified things. It does. And, and it's very undignified, and it's embarrassing at times. You get onto an elevator. You're going to go up 62 floors on the elevator, and all of a sudden, lunch comes down. I mean, you make that sound, and there's that wafting odor in the elevator. <laughs> and if you're Linda, you point at Kuldra. Oh! Most of you wouldn't Hello. do that. <laughs> Hello. Most of you wouldn't do that. But it's lack of dignity. Uh, having to eat, ha- having to eat, is a, a loss of dignity. Pa- having to pay taxes. Now there, I know we're going to get all sorts of stuff on this, but having to pay taxes. Now it's one thing to actually offer it to say, you know, I'm a member of the community. I'm going to give what I feel is a very fair share. But having to pay taxes and then having them take everything away from you if you don't. That is a lack of dignity. Having to go to a job in a cubicle with the title of mid-level manager is one of the worst lacks of dignity that there possibly could be. There are so many things in human life that are – traffic is – you say, but that's the way it is on the planet. Then, then let's change it. Let's bring dignity back into the human condition, because right now there is not a lot of it. How could there be when you know, there's pushing and shoving, when there's a lot of crime, when, when things break down, when you don't have the energy to get out of bed in the morning, when you look in the mirror and you go, oh, oh what's happening here? Aging, a lack of dignity, dying on this planet, no dignity whatsoever in, in the whole death process. Birthing, really lacking in dignity. I mean, look at what happens there. I mean, it's like there's got to be a better way, and each and every one of you went, came into the planet that way. I mean, there's, it is really kind of lacking in dignity, uh, and there are better ways to do it. Do, do the same way. Just come in as a, as a you know, the shell body. My point here is we could go on and on about this. Uh, my point here is it's time to return to dignity. Time to return to dignity as a person. And the thing is, nobody, nobody can give that to you except yourself. I can tell you about it. I can tell you what's missing in your life. But only you can give yourself back dignity. Dignity as a, really as a, it's a sense in a way. Dignity as a perception of yourself, not, not as a belief, but dignity about yourself on this planet, even if you are stuck for right now in that body that's really not yours. Uh, and that's changing rapidly, rapidly. You're coming into your, uh, in, into your own body. And I do not like the term light body. You're coming into your free energy body right now. But, and, and that is a dignified body, a very dignified body. But this, this other vessel that belongs to your ancestors, very undignified. Just having to sleep uh, and, and feeling tired after you're done sleeping, all lacking in dignity. Let's take a good deep breath with that. And I'm going to do something. We're going to have a Marab then. I'm going to ask Linda to. Uh, pass out the note cards. 
to everybody uh, if you choose. And if you're watching it online, you could just write it on a sheet of paper at the end of the Marab, not right now, but at the end of the Marab, because I want there to be passion and feeling in it. Just write something simple, as simple as, I choose dignity on that card. I choose dignity. You don't have to actually know what it's what it actually, you know, a deep definition of it. But dignity is your respect for yourself. You are all members, leaders of angelic families. You are in the in the upper echelon of angelic families, but you've been down here so long you lost the dignity. At the end of the Marab, if you so choose, just write on that card, I choose dignity, or I am in dignity, what, what, whatever it is that resonates with you when you're done. And then, if you would, after we're finished with uh, the Marab, and uh, once the whole thing is done, including um, being told by Calder and Jean, even after the credits video, so stay through that, then, if you would, for those attending here, come and put them in this cauldron at the front. And later, we'll take it outside and we'll burn those. We'll set them on fire to transmute them. Not destroy them, but transmute that energy. Put it into the ethers. Put it uh, so it is part of uh, the atmosphere of you, so that it integrates with you. Not, Not burning to destroy, but burning for the integration, if you so choose. Let's put on some music and bring this into a marab. Let's take a good deep breath here in our beautiful gathering with all of you. We talked about a lot of things today. This whole question about as you stay here on the planet, have that passion, uh, what I call a mashion. It's kind of like it's your passionate project, mission in the best sense of the word. And we talked about beliefs, how actually they're really, they're, they're a combination. They're, they're, well, aspects hide behind them. But beliefs are also a sense, a way of perceiving reality. And there's many, many, many beliefs right now that you simply don't need. Watch what happens as you let go of beliefs, even that the earth is round. It's not. I mean, science says it is, and it's an and, sure, okay. But why have that as the only observation of the planet? You're going to learn that reality is so malleable. As you let go of uh, unneeded beliefs, as you clear the the attics and the garage of your life and you let go of beliefs, you start realizing how the beliefs really clogged the system and kept you from just allowing. And then now we come to this part. An allowing of dignity back into your life. With all the beliefs that you had, and yes, judgments, beliefs, all the rest of that, 
where there really wasn't any place for dignity. For I am respect. I am respect and dignity. We come to this place now about allowing the dignity back into your life, allowing the name to come back. Not just doing things anymore because you thought you had to. Not fighting your way into realization or anything like that. Just allowing dignity. I am respect for myself. And you know what happens when you just allow something? Well, then it comes to you. Dignity. Even, the, even if you're in human form and human condition, even, even if you don't remember your name. Dignity as an angelic being. Dignity as a conscious being. Dignity for yourself. And I'd like to ask you to feel this. As you choose dignity back, as you allow dignity back into your life, just take a moment as the observer and sense how does that change the energy reaction? How does that change the way the energy reacts to you, to your consciousness? You came here to this planet to learn about the relationship between energy and consciousness. Oh, and you're learning. Are you ever learning? Just take the moment to feel what what happens to the energy as you allow your dignity? Let's sense, let's sense the other. Let's say you have very little dignity. Now sense how the energy changes. There is an immediate response. What energy and dignity. An immediate response. Sometimes, you know, it seems like energy takes a long time to respond uh, for things to change, but I ask you to feel into this for a moment. First, in the state of dignity of yourself. Allowing your dignity to return.
feel how the energy responds. Actually, you don't have to work at dignity. It's nothing you, you work at. You allow it. That's it. You allow it. Uh, why? Because dignity is a natural state of being. It's unnatural to be out of dignity. Dignity, which is the respect, love, acceptance of yourself, that's a natural state. And that's why you don't have to work at it. You just allow it back. You choose it. There's a whole different reaction from energy, a different relationship with energy, as you allow the dignity to return. Let's, let's go back to the old way, loss of dignity. Not feeling comfortable or dignified in the human condition, not dignified about your past, not even dignified in your own mind about yourself. Now feel how the energy responds to that. serve you anymore. I, I say that a large part of this was due to feeling unworthy, undignified. And then beliefs, beliefs that you wrapped yourself around, just reinforced all that. Beliefs that actually initially were just interesting experiences, but then turned into cold, hard structures that could entomb you, encase you. These beliefs caused by lack of dignity just kept on reinforcing again and again that energy wasn't going to work for you, that you'd fallen from grace. Let's stop all that right here with Chambra. It's as simple as allowing or choosing dignity. It's at the core of your being. There are several things that are the natural core states of beingness. We'll be getting into that in upcoming gatherings, but there are certain 
you could say, identifiable components to the natural state of beingness. Dignity is one of them. And dear translators, don't stress over this. You just allow yourself to be guided as you come up with the words for dignity. How long has there been a lack of dignity in your life? I should say how many lifetimes? How many, many, many lifetimes without dignity? Take a deep breath together. In this month of aspects, this month of beliefs, becoming aware of beliefs that you can just laugh away, literally. You just laugh away. On this month of returning to dignity as, as a being. Yes, there are still conflicts with uh, dragging around the old human body and even the mind, but as you allow dignity, those things will transform rather rapidly. Remember this, that dignity is one of the fastest ways to shift energy, one of the fastest. You can't force it. You can't. You can't force the dignity. It's simply about allowing. You can't believe. Just believe I am dignified and carry that as your mantra or affirmation. It is about allowing it. Being a dignified being once again. Imagine what a difference, not only in the energy but in your life, in the way you walk. In how you actually handle beliefs or disassemble beliefs, imagine what a profound difference it makes in how you're going to breathe. Yeah, yeah, something like dignity affects your breathing. So it's time, if you so choose, it's time to, however you write it down. Whether you say I choose my dignity, I allow my dignity to return, huh? In your words, if you're ready, go ahead and write it down. I'll go so far as to saying that this is um, pretty profound. Whether you realize it right now or not, but could you imagine、uh, an ascended master without dignity? It's just, it's just not possible. Could you imagine yourself as a realized master without dignity? Nah. Nah. 
Let's take a deep breath and if you choose, let dignity back into your life. I know it means many different things to many people. Some on a very practical level, some uh, much more esoteric, it doesn't matter. It's just letting dignity back into your life. Let's take a good deep breath. And uh, as I said, after you finish your whole production today, then come up to the front, drop your cards in the, in the uh, cauldron, and later we'll, you'll take it outside in the raging snowstorm <laughs> and uh, burn it. And when you burn these, it's, the symbol is to let that statement, that choice of yours, go out everywhere, to the air, to the ethers, everywhere, and then back to you in your life. With that, my dear friends, oh, how we are moving these days and what stories I'm going to have to tell at the Ascended Masters Club. And when they ask, which way am I going to vote? Which way on this whole issue of Mashin versus freedom? What am I going to vote? Because they're all waiting for me to return. I've got a very clear answer for them. Both. With that, remember that all is well in all of creation. Thank you. Thank you. And so it is. Thank you, Adamus. I invite each of us to just take a moment more and just breathe in that invitation that Adamus gives us to allow dignity. Just really feel into that. Take a few good deep breaths and allow it. Be with it. Really take the good deep breath and allow the message to integrate for each of us. Thank you for being here at the Crimson Circle Connection Center with us, listening from the crimsoncircle.com or watching. Thank you to our live audience for being so great, so grand in their participation and brave. So take that good deep breath as we say goodbye, and we'll be back, of course, that first Saturday in April. Thank you. Thank you. I've been searching a long time Someone exactly like you I've been traveling all around the world Waiting for you to come through Someone like you Make it all worthwhile Someone like you Keep me satisfied Someone exactly like you I've been traveling a hard road 
They'd be looking for someone exactly like you I've been carrying my heavy load Waiting for the light to come shining through Someone like you Make it all worthwhile Someone like you Satisfied, someone exactly like you. I've been doing some soul searching, find out where you were at. I've been up and down the highway. In all kinds of foreign land Someone like you Make it always wild Someone like you Keep me satisfied Someone exactly like me All around the world Marching to the beat Of a different drum But the lady I have realized Baby, the best Is yet to come Someone like you Bring it on worthwhile Someone like you Every satisfied Someone exactly like you Someone exactly like you